I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. It is the holiday season, of course, and when we think of that phrase, we usually associate it with Thanksgiving or Hanukkah or Christmas. Uh, but today is Bodhi Day. A very significant day for Buddhists around the world. What's that day really all about? Uh, here to tell us more about it is uh, Reverend Carmela Havilyana, the assistant minister at the Salt Lake Buddhist Temple and a practicing psychiatrist. Uh, Reverend, thanks for joining us today. Oh, thank you for having me. Uh, this is this is an important day. It's one that usually slides past uh, most of us. Uh, I spent time in Japan and have just such great respect uh, for all of our Buddhist friends around the world. And this is an important day. So for our, our listeners who aren't familiar with Bodhi Day, give us the the origins. So Bodhi Day is a commemoration, a celebration, really a special service of the day when Shakyamuni Buddha, the historical Buddha, uh, reached enlightenment. Um the Enlightenment is a little bit misleading because ultimately that term is really difficult to conceive. So a simple way to understand Bodhi Day uh, derives from the word Bodh, B-O-D-A. So Bodhi Day basically is a remembrance of the Buddha, Buddha's awakening. And what did he wake up to? He woke up to the truth of this life. Uh, and from there came the uh, vast um, Buddhist teachings that we still study today. Uh, I love that. And I love the uh, the focus on the awakening part of that. And as you, you mentioned, Reverend, the, the awakening to truth. So for, for those who, who are practicing Buddhists, how, how do they go about celebrating this day? Uh, what, what is the, the focus of the day? Well, the focus of the day is to... Uh, remember uh, what the Buddha went through, uh, including a, a history, a review of his life, and um, all the all the significant events that happened to him that led to his search for the truth and eventually waking up to the truth. So it took about 29 years for him to get there. And then um, he, uh, he basically was born a prince in a small kingdom in uh, northern India. And so he was born into this, this privilege, and uh, his father took extraordinary measures to make sure that he was trained in, in all the arts and, and knowledges so that he becomes a great ruler. However, at the time of his birth, uh, a seer basically predicted that uh, he would either become a great ruler or a, or a teacher. So his father became concerned that um, he would lose his sight on the kingdom. So he uh, protected um, the young prince with um, 
quote-unquote artificial truths, if you will, or at least limited truths about what this life is all about and basically prevented him from seeing the harsh realities of life outside of the palace walls. However, being the curious person that he is, uh, he ventured outside the palace walls four times, and this is what we call the four gates uh, in Buddhism. Uh, basically, he uh, enjoined his charioteer to leave the palace in one of the gates, and he um, noticed uh, a man who was very sick. Mm-hmm. And he asked his charioteer, what is that person? And the and his servant said, that's a, a sick person, my lord. And then he started thinking, if that man can get sick like that, then it would happen to him as well. And so on to the next three gates, basically, he discovered uh, aging, he discovered death. Mm. Then he found on the fourth gate a very wise uh, man or a holy man in, dressed in, in rags. But this man um, exuded this, um, this serenity and this peace and this joy, and he became intrigued. And so he started asking questions about how this man was able to reach a state of serenity despite how little he had. And thus began his search for the truth. So at the time, um, the Sakyamuni of Gautama uh, was betrothed and and married uh, eventually to uh, his wife, Yashodara, and he had a young son uh, named Rahula. Rahula means um, obstacle or fetter. But because of his burning desire for where the truth lies in this life, um, he basically went AWOL uh, and told his wife, um, I have to search for what is out there. And he um, basically discarded all of his um, uh, rich clothes and possessions and stripped down to become a uh, an ascetic uh, renunciant, meaning living on very, very little, if at all, for the next six years looking for the truth, and uh, he was unsuccessful. In fact, he almost died from starvation, and um, he was found unconscious on the bank of a river and was given um, this milk uh, porridge by this young Indian girl. It revived him, brought him back to life, and then he realized that when you live in extreme conditions, whether it's um, indulgence, or deprivation, that it's impossible to find the truth. And so he sought to find the the truth for himself based on what he's learned from the various teachers that he encountered until finally he decided to sit under this giant tree that we call the Bodhi tree. Right. I don't know if they called the Bodhi tree then, because who knew what, you know, what the Bodhi tree was until after (laughs) the Buddha's death. But anyway, he sat there for a very, very long time in meditation, um, having learned this technique from various teachers, and he went into several layers of uh, consciousness and awareness, if you will, Mm -hmm. until he got to the bottom of what this whole thing was about. Uh, In the meantime, he encountered this demon named Mara, which basically just represents the, quote, defilements of our minds Mm -hmm. that uh, distract us from the task of seeing truth as it is. Mm. Anyway, he got through that, and then when he woke up in the dawn of the 40th day, something like that, uh, he woke up, 
to the reality, the essence, basically, of our existence. Ah. The essence of our existence, ultimately, is all about understanding, recognizing and understanding the nature of this life, this human life, which is basically all about suffering. But he not only woke up to suffering, but he also woke up to the path uh, to get away from suffering or the path of transcending suffering. Yes. And in short, he woke up to the truth of wisdom and compassion. Ah. Also, um, that coexists with the suffering that we go through as human beings. Yes. Oh, I love that. We, we should stay with this all day today. Uh, for, for those... Uh, there are so many ways that you can celebrate Bodhi Day, uh, whether you are a follower of the Buddhist faith and tradition or not. Uh, it is time well spent, uh, and I, I love what the, the Reverend has shared with us today uh, in terms of this path and, and recognizing, I loved how you said, the, distra- the distractions that keep us from the truth and mm-hmm. coming to, to understand that. Uh, Reverend Havaliana, I so appreciate you spending some time with us today on this Bodhi Day and hope that all of our listeners will take some time to learn about the Buddhist religion. Uh, this is not one that has a lot of fanfare uh, and no big parades, uh, no big celebrations, but it is a time to reflect uh, on that enlightenment that awakening and finding truth. Uh, Reverend Havilyana, so grateful to have you with us today. Thanks for joining us. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. All right. Uh, Great insight there uh, from Reverend Carmela Havilyana. She's the assistant minister of the Salt Lake Buddhist Temple, practicing psychiatrist. Uh, There's so much wisdom in there. Uh, We can unpack it for the rest of the hour. Uh, But take some time today to reflect, uh, find that path to enlightenment, that awakening Uh, and that truth. We all can use a little bit more of that today. Stay with us. Much more to come on Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind, only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do? in the face of an international disaster decades in the making. That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.